Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Feckin' Metal. I am your host, Fergal Trainer, And it's a bloody freezing, miserable night out there. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that for nothing. You might hear an owl lad in Dublin saying that to you. I'll tell you that for nothing. They'll tell you other things, of course, that are chargeable. But they'll discuss the weather for nothing if they feel so inclined to do so. <laughs> they might talk about politics or immigration, for example. Those are chargeable conversation topics, but they'll tell you that now for nothing about the weather. Anyway, sorry about that. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Did I say that? Can't remember. So, this is an episode with all three members of Armstrong Gun. That's Dan, Lewis and Cameron. You might remember them from a previous episode where they were discussing their debut album. Well, now they've got a new EP out as well, and they're going to be talking about that. The new EP, I say new, it was out on January 31st, 2023. It's called Struck With Steel, a five-track EP. Brand new songs, none of which featured on the debut album, which was the self-titled Armstrong Gun, which was out last year. And yeah, I chat to Dan, Cameron and Lewis about the songwriting process, how these songs came together, what it's like in the studio, what the, the dynamics of the band and various other topics that came up along the way, including as well our recent trip to Keep It True Rising 2 back last year and uh, how that went and how we all enjoyed it and a lot of stuff in between. And this is a, a lengthy one. We also, on the night that we recorded this, which was a few weeks ago now, I will admit, it's taken me a while to get around to editing this one. We did a heavy metal quiz, something I wanted to do a long time ago for a, an anniversary episode of Feckin' Metal, which I never got round to, but it actually went really well this time around. Uh, so we did a heavy metal quiz, 30 questions, and Dan, Lewis, and Cameron were the contestants. I was the quiz master. That episode will come in a few weeks' time because I thought it would have been too long of an episode to put that at the end of this it's actually quite an interesting and funny standalone episode so we'll have that at some point in the future i also have other episodes in the can at the moment one with jarvis letterby from night demon another with uh, luke appleton who plays in blaze bailey's band he played in iced earth for many years and as well as several other projects he also has released his own solo music and he's got his own solo ep upcoming as well so all of that is coming in the future but for now I bring you Dan, Cameron and Lewis from Armstrong Gun talking about their recently released EP, Struck With Steel. Okay, so I have Cameron, Lewis, Dan, actually, and Dan, I should have said, from uh, Armstrong Gun here, again, back on Feckin' Metal to celebrate the release of their recent EP, which was just out on the 31st of January. It's called Struck With Steel, five brand new songs, um, and yeah, that was quick after the release of your first album. How have things been going in the band? Yeah, pretty good. All good, apart from our bassist leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to get to that. Yeah, but you're not in the <laughs> you're not in the fucking country half the time anyway. What difference does it make? <laughs> but no, all, all good. Yeah, no, they, no, they've been kicking around for a little while. Like even when we were um, when we were recording the album back in September 2021. Mm. Um, I think we had a few ideas kicking around at that time, didn't we? Like nothing fully formed, but um, yeah, yeah, it's been been kicking around for a while. But yeah, all very happy with it. Yeah, yeah, we had most of them written whilst we were doing, maybe even before recording the album. To be fair, yeah, it, I mean it's quite a quick follow up, like a, a six months, and then there's a brand new release with five brand new songs. You don't see that too often. You might see people nowadays releasing like maybe a song or two, and then that's gonna be from an upcoming album or something. We like that. But, um, I assume this is a standalone. I mean, we would have waited a bit longer, but our producer was poking us with a stick 
to go around and record it. We wanted to wait a few more months, and he wasn't having it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> was that be to wait until you had another full album's worth of material? Nah, I think we or? just wanted to be more confident with the songs. Hmm. Yeah, and we, we always had it in mind to do a follow-up EP after. But for me, like, um, al- although it isn't really that much of a gap, really, um, well, half a year, as you said, yeah. but the fact that the al- album songs had been kicking around for a really long time by that point, and, like, uh, even though the EP stuff, we'd been jamming it for about a year, like, they felt a lot they felt a lot newer to me anyway, playing them and um, rehearsing them and whatnot. So for me, it feels like... Um, like a much longer period than it actually has been objectively sure sure okay yeah i, I mean i remember hearing a, a demo or maybe a live or a studio or some kind of version of um heaven's gate a while back so yeah obviously that one's been kicking around oh yeah yeah oh the old living room demo yes <laughs> i remember that one no no that that was in that that was in hive rooms that one i remember i um i ah. thought we did fergal the video yeah we we did have um i mean they were being written over probably two years and I, yeah. rem- I remember um, we did like a, a, a final writing session at my house, which is like an open plan living room, and uh, yeah. that was that was definitely quite funny. Um, I remember uh, my girlfriend walking in sort of during the climax of Heaven's Gate at one point, <laughs> sort of like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <But> chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. So these are kicking around for a while then. Um, how, like, to me, I kind of notice a bit of a musical shift on this. It, it just seems more focused on heavy metal as the kind of genre. I mean, the first one I'd say was kind of maybe a, a mix between rock and metal. To some, that's kind of tenuous, uh, you know, splitting hairs anyway. But um, it's more of a metal release to me. And even some of the lyrics and just the name of the actual release itself, Struck With Steel, um, the name of the first track made of Rock and Steel. These are kind of tropes, but I mean, familiar tropes and not in a bad way. Um, and it, they're kind of, uh, you know where you stand immediately with this, I, I think. Yeah, I think the, the album probably wasn't quite as heavy as we would have liked it to be. Mm. So the, the EP was almost a compensation ha, okay yeah no I, I agree with that and al- although the um the album i don't i don't think any of it's filler at all but i think um we, we were still finding our feet as we were writing it and um that maybe that's why it might come across as if like there's not an overall focus compared to what we've done on the ep but uh, I, I say with the ep like as we've got more comfortable jamming with each other and writing we're like we we know what we like more and what works for us and um it, uh, yeah i mean it, it does it does feel more focused to me and I, I prefer the stuff on it anyway um again like i said like not that i regard the album as filler at all like i'm, I'm really proud of that as well but um i don't know it's a different different sort of level of pride for me between the two of them okay yeah um regarding the songs the songwriting on the album um was it the same type of combinations of songwriters for this or did that no, this relation- was uh this was musically it was a smithy fest apart from ale gang <laughs> <laughs> he, he yeah. chucked all these songs and said right these these are done they're ready to go yeah let's make an ep okay a smithy fest yeah pretty much they're part yeah. of the uh well i guess you could call lockdown sessions i mean mm. i can remember the uh, to be fair that made a rock and steel. A lot of that does actually predate even starting the band. I remember meeting up with Lewis for the first time jamming and, and showing him like one of the many riffs that are in uh, rock mm. and steel. And 
yeah. having a look at that. But um, yeah, I mean, there were a, a couple of ones that are written organic, uh, organically. Sorry, um, like Heaven's Gate, for example, was written. Uh, me and me and Dan went for a walk during lockdown, and Dan was talking to me about this documentary that he watched about Heaven's yeah. Gate, and um, we uh, we got talking about it, and he was like, "I've got these lyrics." And then I, I literally went home and just sort of picked up the guitar. And from what he was telling me about that, that's kind of the music I was envisioning behind it. And then, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, we kind of just put the two together. And that was that was quite an interesting way in, in writing. I've, I've never done that before. And it turned out really well. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, do you hear about all sorts of different songwriting approaches from bands? Some people write the lyrics first. And there's always, like, the guitarist always seems to have a load of riffs knocking around. You know, that's kind of one you always hear again. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how easy was it then to slot that together? Like, you were saying, once you heard those lyrics, you were like, were you thinking in your head, this piece of music that I've already written would be perfect for that? Or... Well, I I hadn't written, oh, sorry. It, so I just I just thought I just thought I'll whack a couple of riffs down, and see what happened. And the first, the, the main riff came out, and the sort of pre-chorus and chorus, and I could already yeah. I could already hear the chorus or, or something related to what turned out to be the chorus, you know, and and that's what happened. I, I was getting mixed up from you mentioning that you had a riff from Made of Rock and Steel around for years. Sorry, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, sorry. sorry, I was just yeah. Yeah, I mean we we've got. Probably similar to the, Tony Iommi, we've got a big vault of box riffs. riffs. <laughs> yeah, we've got a mm. box of riffs that we kind of have a look at, and they're always being updated or like you know. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we we do have that, um, but there's a lot a lot of different writing approaches we took with this one. Even though I guess I had done quite a lot of the demos, mm. but still, we were looking at them in different ways, like uh, Rock and Steel. Uh, doesn't follow your normal structure, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, and it's got a chorus and a verse, but then it has this bridge that comes out of nowhere and then goes back into the chorus with quite a big instrumental in the middle. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, just just sort of um, trying different things. I mean, in Burning the Miles, after the solo, I think logically, if you were looking at it from a normal rock point of view you'd probably go into another verse but instead we thought oh, let's just riff off a little mm, bit mm. you know just have a bit yeah. of a jam yeah, yeah. No, like, <laughs> fuck logically you know that's not always the best best yeah. choice uh, just be careful mentioning no, the no, box no. of riffs it's been known to reduce the productivity of guitarists to almost nil when they do mention it <laughs> <laughs> i always found with the likes of iomi and jimmy page they do interviews like almost like clockwork every six months and tell you how much material they had but you'd never see or hear any of it you just uh... no you don't do <laughs> yeah, you? yeah very true i, I remember mm. hearing an interview with tony martin and apparently he sat down with tony um, Iomi and they were looking through the box of riffs and Tony wasn't very happy with what he was hearing and he just started writing more and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm obviously joking, taking the piss. But um so that's great. Like um it's it sounds like this was oh, sorry, yeah, you, uh Lewis said that this was a Smithy Fest. Some of the notes I have taken here are uh, lots of space for lead guitar passages in these songs. Um I noticed it a lot more. Um and it's good, like it's a it's a good uh, change for me. But uh, there's plenty of lead breakdowns and instrumental passages um, where the lead guitar is heavily featured. I noticed. I, I guess so. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't me with like a massive no, ego. No, just going, oh, I've got to I've got to have a guitar solo here. I've just oh, it got was, to believe me. It, w- it would make sense though if you were the primary uh, writer of the music that it. That, I, I guess that, that so. Yeah. yeah, but the main thing was to uh, think about things a lot differently. Um, maybe we were playing by the book with the album. I mean, we were finding our feet, to be mm-hmm. fair. But um, yeah. When I, I mean, when I write a lot of songs, I always think about, you know, there's got to be a verse at least and a chorus, the bare bones of the yeah. song. So I usually start yeah. with those. But we, we always think about the solos when we, when we do the writing. That whoever's writing the song will always try to uh, have a passage for the solo that takes a different uh, direction for the song. So you, I don't know, I don't know how closely you've listened to them, but they, they always follow off on their own sort of little tangent and then managed to come back i did yeah to, I, I noticed that there was like um as you said musical tangents um in some case a bridge uh but then they arrive back to where they were i, I kind of like that in a, a metal song where it takes you away from the traditional song structure and kind of branches off into not necessarily unexpected places but places that are welcome a, a welcome um shift away from the structure you've just heard and then bringing you back then eventually at the end kind of to recap. Yeah, there's there's got to be a reason for having a solo. Mm. I mean, yeah, in a nutshell. Well, we don't want to, we don't like to follow a formula, mm. essentially. No, no, we don't. No, very good. Yeah. Although we probably do unconsciously. <laughs> it'll it'll. Well, I saw the music we listened to. It'll become known as the yeah, Armstrong probably. gun formula in years to come, so... Uh, <laughs> that, that's kind yeah, of bad thing. Yeah. so yeah just let's just reflect back on the first album though so i know it got some good feedback on the new wave of traditional heavy metal full albums channel yeah overall what was the engagement like now we're six point or six months removed from the last point i spoke to you i know we talked a bit about this before i started recording but just for the benefit of the listener um yeah for me it feels like a much longer time really um i mean honestly it feels like we could have put the album like out like four years ago to me like mm. it feels like that long ago to me mm. um i don't know if it's be- because i've had a lot happen in my life during that time or you know I'd, well life life gets in the way and then before you know it like you've you've got a- another milestone behind you not that half a year is anything but um but yeah no it feels it feels like a much longer time ago to me um and yeah we, we got some good feedback on that i don't think we've had any comments for a while but with, with a channel like that um the amount they put out every every day or every week, like um, unless you're a real standout, then you do get buried quite quickly. But the um, but the feedback we had in our brief little <laughs> five minutes of fame, if you want to call it that, um, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty good, and um, yeah, it kept us going. And uh, even now, like um, with, with our reviews in the um, uh, we, we've had a few reviews which have been printed already. Yeah. And they harken back to, they mention the previous album. They go, like, following on from their brilliant debut album, and you think, like, oh, wow, like, yeah, yeah. You know, for nice. me, it's almost like I've forgotten, forgotten that we did that. Or not forgotten, yeah. but like, I feel so, I don't know, far removed from yeah. that now. I don't it know why. It was but... a while ago, wasn't it? Now, now that yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. think about it. I mean, um, mm. if, if we look at uh, some well, of it's the stats, it's because it took about eight months to be bloody mastered. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a long, a long time. Yes, um, I mean the songs on the album are still being played even today. They're still getting regular plays. I mean, I remember showing Dan when uh, the EP was released that "Still Alive" and "Kicking Off" the first album was still the most played song 
<laughs> for quite yeah. a while actually even with the EP mm. being released and that being the centre of attention yeah. so there's still love for the album still but um, yeah. so, and when you're saying being played where are you tracking this is this Bandcamp Spotify combination uh, both Com- uh, combination everything. yeah everything yeah. we've all got access to the Bandcamp uh, band account but uh, yeah, I've, I've never I've never been on it though. So I've got I've, other when other than when you update me, I've got no idea how much is, you know, how many plays we've got on each track. I've got no idea until you post about it each time. But yeah, we've we've got they're, they're quite they're quite steady, aren't they? Yeah, annoyingly you can't yeah. share the Spotify one, which is a bit annoying. But if there's any like massive milestones, I'll let the lads know. But yeah. It's, it, it, I don't don't tend to look at it too often, to be honest. You kind of forget, and then every now and again you'll look and go, oh, mm. 100-odd plays, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, when the when the EP was uh, released, I remember there was five people listening to it at one point, and I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty good. At the same time. <laughs> at the that's same pretty, time that is yeah. pretty impressive, because like, it's, a, it's a... I mean, it's it, while you've built up a following, it's still an under-the-radar release, like in the grand scheme of music. So um, yeah, that actually is quite an impressive stat for five people simultaneously to be listening to. Yeah, I can, I can only compare it to when you don't go on Tinder for a long time and then uh, you uh, log on again after a month, you get like 10 matches at once. You're like, fucking hell, I'm well in. Oh, I missed the popular. All right. Don't exaggerate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that in a documentary as well, Dan? <laughs> no, 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 not this time. No. Um, oh, to uh, to uh, swing it back to um, Heaven's Day. Um, obviously, you're you're a bit older than I am. I think you were born in '85, weren't you? You're correct. Yes. So, did you ever did you ever did you ever hear about that at the time? Um, like, were you aware of it in the so news? You, t- you told you told me about it just in normal conversation. Oh, okay. I kind right. of forget what it is. Is remind me what it is again. Um, well, it was a, a cult which ran in America from about yeah. 1974 to 97, like initially ran by two people, a woman and a man. Uh, the woman died in 1985, but the guy carried it on for another 12 years after. And like he essentially like um, recruited a bunch of people. Um, they're all living in a mansion together. And like he convinced them that he was a relative of Jesus. And um, in order to mm. go to heaven, like they all needed like... Like they timed it for when a comet flew over the earth at some point in 1997. And he said, like, um, you know, this is our opportunity. Like, if we kill ourselves now, we'll get into heaven. And um, yeah, yeah. was this the drink the Kool Aid thing, David Koresh? Was that it? Might have been actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you might have you might have uh, seen the the, the uh, speech of the main bloke, a guy called Marshall Marshall Applewhite, and he's talking about um, last chance to evacuate planet Earth. I don't know if you you might be familiar with the video, like it's quite a quite a famous video even now. But um, but yeah, I no, but no, um, no, it was a um, well, of course it happened in America. I can't imagine it happening any any other country. But um, no, it was a big event at the time and. Um, with that one, like I watched, well, I listened to a podcast about it first of all, and then um, I watched a mm. watched a doco on it after, and um, a doco, yeah, and um, I thought, well, I, I looked at all the people who were in the group, and uh, they range they range from the age of like twenty five to seventy two, and I thought, well, and they all came from different backgrounds, and you think, well, how did they end up there, like dying that way, and. Um, I mean, me being a young man, you know, for the time being, anyway. Like, uh, I think mm. there's a lot of pressure on young men, or there can be. And um, 
you know, if you're particularly vulnerable, it can be quite easy to be roped up into something like that with like an ulterior motive. Like, you know, even yeah. if it's like, um, you know, you get teenagers who like, um, um, like love Andrew Tate at the minute and, um, mm. people who become like really radicalized and I don't know, like do like some far right terror attack or fly off to Syria or whatever. Like it, it's really, really easy for like people to become, um, uh, indoctrinated and radicalized like that so i thought i'd try and put a spin on that and tie it to a real life event which probably i don't know if it like cheapens the whole thing or whatever but um i thought it was a good a good topic for a song anyway and uh yeah i'm yeah, pleased i'm um, pleased with how it turned out very yeah. metal yeah 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 it said the most ambitious song on the ep uh, lyrically structurally and musically so mm. i think um it's and again it's the last um it's the longest song and it's the last yeah. song on the release as well, like it did the last time. But I do like that. I like when a kind of a um, an album or a, a release peaks towards this yeah. kind of maybe maybe not an epic, but uh, yeah, it, it, the kind of most com- complex and and like most uh, complex or kind of like the most layered arrangement on the album. I'd yeah, say. it was oh, ne- it was never yeah. meant to be the longest song. It's just um, I th- I think during the recording on. Several other songs. It was quite organic that we added parts to it. I mean, <clears throat> we added the well, we actually wrote and 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 recorded the intro sort of there and then about ten minutes before we sat down and recorded the song. Uh, the yeah. beginning, sorry, the ending of Made of Rock and Steel was uh, sort of written there and then. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's other yeah. parts that happened. Uh, I know we did a lot of double tracking solos and adding sort of overdubs of things that we didn't quite expect to happen originally, you know. Sorry, I think I was mixing up um, what you were talking about down the Heaven's Gate thing with two other events. There was the, the Jonestown massacre. I think, oh god, yeah, that, that was back in the um, that was back in the seventies, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, and yeah, the, the David Koresh thing was another nineties thing where he had a, a cult called the Branch Davidians. Um, so I was mixing up with two other. Oh right, okay, yeah, unrelated but similarly themed uh, cult type of things. Um, yeah. So. Yes, uh, what I wanted to ask you though as well, like so talking about the feedback to the last release, before we move on to the next one, uh, I know we have kind of jumped around a bit, but um, did the, you know, you're seeing people are listening to it, you're noticing the stats increasing, you're getting the comments, did that translate into Bandcamp sales? Or how has that worked out for you? I'm not looking for you to tell me how much or anything, but like, did you see, um, a, a, what do they call it, a conversion rate into like people actually buying the music? For the album yeah. it did, yeah. Um, yeah. We sold. But the, but the album's, the sales for the first album they fluctuated so much it would go dead for two or three months yeah. and then suddenly there'd be a pulse mm. I don't um, know maybe, we... maybe a particular country discovers it or something but mm. you'll notice the emails start coming and people are buying buying the music for about a fortnight and then it'll die down again yeah it'd be like a yeah. solid <laughs> two weeks of running to the post office yeah. and you know and then it would just yeah, yeah you're right Toka says it just dies down i mean we had a guy yeah. a couple of weeks ago in greece who bought two cds and a t-shirt 
And I was like, just out of nowhere. That's pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was also talking about digitally. Like, has it been a popular release digitally on Bandcamp? Or are people happy enough to just, just listen to it on the YouTube channel? Or bit both, really. I mean, they, they, we have sold uh, quite a few CDs uh, from what we've got left. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the, they'll consume it any way they can, really. Stuff. Okay, so let's take a look at then the EP, which was, as I said, released on the 31st of January, Struck With Steel. So this has quite a striking cover. I really like the cover of your first album, um, but this is even more kind of in your face. Uh, <laughs> this man is coming at me with a weapon that I don't even know the name of. Um, some kind of a a <laughs> medieval looking spearing device it's, or something. Uh, it's called a thing. <laughs> a thing? All right. <laughs> It'd be a ting in Ireland. A ting. A ting. Oh, yeah. Right. That's grand. And in South London. Yeah. Honestly, though, does it actually have a name or do you know what it is? Or what oh, is no, it? I think it's based on a war bill. Okay. Which is <laughs> a slab of metal that's a, a nasty thing, I think. Very good. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it there. I'm just Googling and... it. Oh, right. <laughs> I okay. think that's the name. War bill. Yeah, we go. Yeah. How do you spell that? Well, it's war. Yeah. And then Bill. Oh, B I double L. Yeah. All right. I've never heard that word before. Nah, neither. Neither have I actually. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wasn't I? Wasn't trying to embarrass you there. I assumed uh, <laughs> it would be something that I should be embarrassed not to know. That's what I was getting at. I'm just going to look up War Bill now myself. Uh, was it Bill Hook? It's a Bill Hook. Bill Hook. Bill Hook. Bill Who? Bill Hook. Bill Who? Oh. Bill Hook Machete. Okay, no, that's not quite it. Um, anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. But look, weapon. Oh yeah, okay, I see it there now. Yeah, that looks exactly like what it is. Okay, it looks like a nasty piece of steel and wood there. Anyway, that would that's main. basically what it is. Did you commission somebody to do this artwork? No. Yeah, you're, you're, people who look at the album cover, you're probably thinking, what sort of a professional, skilled <laughs> artist drew that? But um, <laughs> it was actually me. All right, very good. Nice one. Keeping it in house. Well, it was just um, it, it was late days when we decided to do the EP, and if we if we tried to find an artist to do it, it it would have taken another two three months probably. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had some concept in my head and just decided, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, I like it. Well, it's mm. it's very good. Are you did, like? Have you done art? Because that that looks to be hand drawn. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought I could do it, so I tried doing it, and it looked it looked possible for an EP. I, th- I think it looks very good. So, did you, did you draw that by hand, or how did you do it? Ah, uh, yeah, all by hand. Yeah, yeah. that's very good. Uh, I mean, that was that was originally supposed to be a draft to show to the others and say, uh, "What do you think of this?" Send this to the artist. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, like it has that kind of like gritty looking old school new album single uh, release. <laughs> Where it it's supposed to look a bit uh, lo-fi or whatever you know whatever that the art lo-fi is exactly definitely the right words yeah <laughs> lo-fi 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 <laughs> yeah lo-fi we wanted lo-fi carries that cachet was... doesn't it yeah definitely absolutely <laughs> we like that word lo-fi, lo-fi is, don't we lo-fi yeah. is what we were going for yeah <laughs> yeah but but Lewis I, I remember even even back at school like um I I was quite um impressed with your art even back then like you had your own little unique uh, style I thought when we do like our little you know, doodles and books and whatnot. Like, uh, yeah, no, I think you've got a, a natural little flair for it anyway. 
So I'm happy for you to carry on. Yeah. But uh, the EP cover that you that you see mm. was supposed to be the draft. Right. Okay. And I just couldn't be bothered to draw another one. So that's yeah. that's why he hasn't got a mouth. <laughs> ah, sure. Who needs a mouth? I didn't even notice. But yeah, I mean, it still looks quite cool without a mouth. Who needs one? Well, I, I'm really dumb. I thought I thought it was a picture of you for a long time. Then I looked at the face. So I was like, hang on. <laughs> There's no mouth. There's no nose. Where is everything? <laughs> yeah. Minimalist. Yeah. Um, so when are we going to see that on the t-shirt? Oh, I don't know. Uh, once we sell the first batch we've done. How many have we got left now? Like 28 or something like that? About 30 something, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Half, of, half of what we produced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This lad in Greece is chomping at the bit to have this on a t-shirt. You're leaving him hanging there. I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, but I, think, I think the minimum the minimum order is about 50 or 60 t-shirts. Yeah. So, Jesus, <laughs> I know. If he wants all 50, he's welcome to <laughs> Yeah. We'll do it. As a side topic, I was looking into getting some patches myself there recently, and I went through the whole sales process on a website, and it was a US-based website. I didn't even know where they were. I just went to, I went through it on a few, and I think the minimum order was 100, but the prices were quite reasonable when you got a hundred like and um i left it in the cart and i wasn't going to buy it and you know when you enter in all your details you just do it by by rote like you don't even think about it yeah and uh, i got a i got a call from some woman in america and she was like and how can i help you with your order i was like oh no i, I was just going through the sales process she's like okay and but like i said how the fuck did you get my number i was like shit i gave it to you yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, and she was like, "And what can we do to like you know get this moving and you know to finalize or get it to fulfillment?" I was like, "No, I really just I was just having a look. I did it on yeah. a few websites." Eager Beaver. So were they in? Were yeah, they embroidered absolutely. patches? Or... They were. They were. They were um, embroidered because I got some uh, printed ones before and I didn't think they looked great to be honest. Uh, oh, I've, I've, I've got one of them. I think um, you, you gave one to me at Keep It True, or, or Aaron gave it to me, or I've got one yeah. somewhere around here anyway. I sent you out one for the three of you. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one. Yeah. I've still got it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you uh, asking me <laughs> if if I'd put it on yet. You were quite drunk, and I was like, oh, I haven't put it on yet. <laughs> Don't. I'm probably going to get embroidered ones. Anyway, sorry, yeah, but... um. We were just talking about buying in bulk, yeah, I know. So you're kind of tied into committing to a large volume or quantity of uh, whatever, I suppose. Probably the same with CDs. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, you don't want to be left stuck with things, I would imagine. Yeah, so that makes sense to wait until... Well, we, we all keep him at Smithy's house, and he's got the smallest house. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. His front room's slowly building up with band yeah. stock. Yeah. I've got, I've got a, a, that seems fair. I've got a very patient girlfriend who... Uh, um, allows us to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> Fair play. Um, all right, so let's have a look at some of these songs. So the artwork, yeah, very striking. As I said, you've, you've seen listening to gonna be listening to a uh, <laughs> oh, a Nawabam no, release from the like early to mid eighties. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the music starts, and we have uh, a great opening riff, very fast. Um, this song's really, really good guitar soloing in this. This is made of rock and steel, which we talked about before. Uh, so or earlier, Cameron, you were saying there was a riff knocking around for that. Yeah. So, what's the kind of motivation behind this song? There's a lot of interesting lyrics in there, and I have my own theory on it. But I just like to hear about it from someone who 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 actually wrote the lyrics. Lewis. Okay. Oh, rock and steel. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and steel. Um, what's your? Th- I want to hear your theory. Uh, so t- to <laughs> me it's like this kind of thing stiff upper lip we're tough as old boots we've been through a lot worse than we're going through right now we're well able for this that's what I thought it was about 
You, We're made you, of rock. You and have steel. it exact, Fergal. <laughs> <laughs> Toughen up. It's a, it's an, it's the anti-snowflake album. Right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, just a little, little, little side note. When um before um Emmett unfortunately packed it in with from the depths, um, oh, yeah. uh, me, me, me and Smithy were kind of like half arranging an interview, and I, I said, well, to, I, I said to Lewis, have you got any talking points? Like, what what's mm. made made of rock and steel about? And your direct <laughs> quote was, it's about not being a soft cunt. I was like, all right, fair enough, I'll take that. <laughs> He'd love all that shit. You see, I'm a bit older, a bit wiser, you know. Uh, I don't use the term snowflake. I think it's loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. It's ironic reference. Damn, money messing with you. Um, yeah. No, very good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. this is quite a, a strong song out of the gate here. Um, yeah. It just said, yeah, there's a lengthy soloing passage in there, and it's um, just a, an excellent kind of opening track and like, hits you right over the head exactly what it should do. I think, uh, I think Smithy was very conscious that it should be the opening track for the EP yeah I remember I, yeah. I remember showing Lewis the solo we actually started that song off with a solo um, and I remember walking sort of, uh, during lockdown sort of showing uh, Lewis this solo and I was like oh, there's something there we've, we've got to do something with this and then you sort of each day write a little bit and then sort of tweak it and then that's how it happened really and then the, the final bit with, with the lyrics and the, the ending um, which we we did the ending recording, uh, whilst recording, and uh, the lyrics that turned out great. I, I love I love the title and the uh, and the general sort of vibe of it. If if I, if I remember Smithy, if I remember correctly, I think <laughs> you'd half worked out the ending like maybe a month before we actually we did the actual yeah. recording. But then Lewis wasn't in the country, so we we kind of like jammed it together, didn't we? But then we yeah. didn't play it together until we were actually all in the same room recording it. Very, very different once, you, once you're once you in a room together doing it, but it was like five mm. minutes and we'd got it, you know, nailed. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. Do you know, I've heard so many people saying that in yeah. various different contexts and interviews and things like it's, the internet is great. It facilitates, you know, communication across the sea, etc. But when you're in a room together, it's just a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's have a look at the second track on the EP. We're talking about Ale Gang. This one is kind of straightforward enough, I think. It seems to be about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what gave you that idea? Is that... <laughs> That's just a notion. Spotted me cryptic lyrics. But yeah, um, <laughs> with Surrey's best, uh, we're drinking till the taps dry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, are you the ale gang? Is that what you call we yourselves? We are, we are, we are. Sorry's best. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For any, for anyone in any doubt. Yeah, very good. And as, as, are you drinking an ale right now, there, Cameron? That, yeah, that's the trooper. Yeah, oh, it's a trooper. So, so am I. I got London Pride. Yeah. Hey. Nice one, Tucker. Have you got a drink in hand? Best. You got a drink in hand, Tucker? I'm on. Uh, well, I, we can't get ale in Finland. I'm on the brandy. Oh well, oh, fair yeah. enough. Good compromise. Upside down. Yeah. So uh, the good, the good captain is. Uh, Helping me out this evening. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. So, yeah, I just said the vocals are giving me a bit of a lemmy feel. I think I said that a few times during this. Uh, fun drinking song, but not in an Ailstorm way. Uh, <laughs> no. There's a... Oh, God. <laughs> no, uh, keep accordion on it. <laughs> there's a line in there says, where gallivanters... That's, funnily enough, a word my dad uses, and we slag him over it. He's like, where were you? Out gallivanting again? Uh, <laughs> it just means not being in the house. That's a good word. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. But it just means be, being anywhere other than in the house, oh, I, I don't live oh, in. It, it, sum, it sums up sums up the song, that word. 
yeah. That's what we do on a Friday night when when we're all in the same country. Mm, we have yeah. a good gallivant. Yeah, it's a good way of describing it. To be fair, hmm. uh, am I correct? And is there like um? Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. So I was going to say, like when I like I had a good group of friends from school and that, and I still do keep in touch with them, but. When we got to mid to late 20s, we kind of started drifting apart. Um, and that's remained to this day and gotten progressively worse. But is there uh, still a camaraderie there with the three of you when you are in the same country? Do you still go out on the piss together? And oh, all that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But we've, we've, we've had, or I've definitely had other mates where, um, yeah, I've had I've had your situation too, where we kind of drift apart eventually. But um, but yeah, not, not with uh, Cameron and Lewis, definitely not. Yeah, when yeah. we're always when we're in the country, we're always going out. Yeah, twice a week, whatever. <laughs> Until one of you has a kid, I'll just say. So <laughs> tread carefully there. Well, that won't be me anytime soon. Anyway, Ooh. I hope not. Anyway, touch words. What are you want about? That's... You got ten, ten Tinder matches every time you go. Out, <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh... that was a joke. That was a joke. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Tinder turns to Kinder. Yeah. Which is the German word for children, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, great lead guitar in this one, too. I think, uh, I just said, Cameron stepping up his game here. Nice section of music where I said the guitar, the bass, and the drums kind of take turns up front, um, I noticed at some point in the song. So, there's a bit where it's kind of like a guitar solo and then there's a bit that leads into a bass is more prominent, and then I just noticed the drums then later on. Maybe that was deliberate, or maybe I was just hearing it that way. I don't know. That'll be but, the uh, that'll be the soccer effects. I think he pretty much you, you wrote the whole song near enough, didn't you, Lewis? Sorry. Did you did you write the whole song? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be your effect then. <laughs> that was a. I think if you know the if you know the song Brain Shake. By ACDC. I'm sure I probably have listened to the song, but it starts off with a little—I don't quite know, quite know what to call it—but it's—it's not—it's not a driving four-four. It sort of bops in and out. That's what I was going for. So there's there's a bit when the song starts, and there's a bit after the solo. Wait, it wait. sort of gives the song a, a bit of texture. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Which album is it from? That'd be uh, Flick of the Switch. Oh, I would have, I would have heard you play it before then, no doubt. Yeah. The anything after um, for those about to rock. For those about to rock. Yeah. Up to and including, uh, blow up your video. It's just kind of all the one. Fl- Flick of the Switch <laughs> is a really good album. I, I no, really it is like good. That. Like I have listened to it, but I couldn't tell you the names of the songs on it or anything like that. No, um, they probably don't jump jump head. out as as much as some of the seventies material. To yeah. be fair, and like. Fly on the Wall is actually quite decent as well. I don't think it's as horrendous. It's a production that lets it down with that one, isn't oh, I it? Like, I like Fly on the Wall. Yeah, but like <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to rattle off the, t- the song titles, and if you told me a song title, I wouldn't be able to hum it to yeah, you, yeah. basically put it that way. Um, but I probably know, you know. Um, if you li- if you mix the song titles in with a lot of other bands that weren't ACDC, I don't know, like Lady Gaga and Janet Jackson, I'd probably be able to pick the ACDC ones. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah. uh, Probably. did did you notice in Ale Gang the uh, sort of overdubbing we did with all the voices at the end and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. like lads lads leaving the pub kind of band yeah, type yeah. thing. Yeah, that was quite fun to, to record actually. <laughs>
Yeah, I think we, we did about like four different tracks, didn't we? And like we're all like saying different shit over each one. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really funny like when you hear it back, like trying to work out, pick out what different people are saying. Like you can hear you can hear Smithy really quickly, uh, really clearly throughout it. But oh yeah, that's that. that we had a a bit of a, a problem with a pub that we usually go to that wanted to charge uh, five. How much was it, Dan? Five pound. Something uh, five, 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 pound, £5.40 for a pint or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we, we bought around... Too much money. It was just so much money. It was like 18 quid. <laughs> yeah. We went up to the bar and we were like, have we been overcharged? And they did Yeah, that. yeah, and we were yeah. like, no, no, this is the price. And, and I remember sort yeah. of sneaking that in because we didn't talk to each other about what we were going to say. We just sort mm. of said it in the moment and recorded it about yeah. five times, you know. <laughs> Fergal, do you, do you know the um, do you know the Blondie song Rapture with that little rap in the middle? Not not off the top of my head. Uh, well, like during, during that bit, I was going, oh, it goes like Fab Five Freddy told me everybody is fly. DJ is spinning. I said, my my. Right. There's like a whole little rap in the middle of that song, and I'm I'm doing that very very quietly in the mix. But I couldn't. I didn't really make out what any of you were saying in that. To be honest, <laughs> but I did. I did appreciate it. Like, no, I, no. To me, it sounded like drunk lads leaving the pub. I thought it was supposed to be something yeah, like that. Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, also yeah, a bit yeah. of a start as well, yeah, isn't it? Pretty much. Um, when hmm. when we were recording, um, Aaron, our producer, was uh, he was trying to figure out something. What was what was wrong with some of the equipment? Oh yeah, yeah. But you you were wearing your headphones, weren't you? And you're <laughs> yeah. like, have you tried oh, yeah, a different yeah, yeah. lead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me, me and Lewis just looked at each other and yeah. burst out laughing in that moment because everything was really quiet until yeah, so Cameron we, shouted yeah. that out. But, we put that in that yeah, that was really yeah. funny. Ad hoc yeah. studio recordings. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. good. Um, right, yeah. So, good. Yeah. So we're moving on then on the. EP to Love and War, um, changing up Dan's on vocals here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like these lyrics. The way mm. of life, the eternal fight, cradle to the grave, gifted from birthright. Um, yeah. It, it's, it seemed to be like the futility of war kind of song, that type of theme, or is there more to it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that Yeah, that, that was one where, um, uh, well, Smithy had everything written musically, and uh, it, it was one which we needed lyrics for. And um, it was one of the, well, probably the only time where I had like the title before anything else. And like, um, I, I'd always really liked the phrase, like, uh, all is fair in love and war, mm. which um, esen- es- essentially means that like, um, in like particular situations, like any any way of achieving your objective is, is justified. But yeah, and I, I like the contrast between the, the two words anyway, love and war. And um, I thought I'd try and write a song about it. And um I thought, well, what kind of scenario would justify acting like that? And I thought, well, like survival mode, really. Like if you're a, I don't know, if you're a soldier, for example, and um, you've got to ignore any kind of moral compass you have to um, to achieve your achieve your objective. And um, yeah, and, and also I've been watching a, a series lately called uh, The Last of Us. I don't know if you've um, seen that before. but No, I haven't. Do you know what I actually... No. I- I bought the video game there only recently, oh, okay, second, right, yeah. obviously for like a tenner. Um, yeah, because I remember it was out. I got a PlayStation Three in twenty thirteen just so I could play GTA Five. But I oh, remember around the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. or near, close enough to it, that game was out and I was getting really good reviews. And it was like the first time in a long time and the only time since that I've paid attention to 
video games yeah. have been released and I was like oh, I should buy that as well and I was just like I'm never going to play two games like this yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to have the time but I bought it there recently because I saw the series was released and I was like fuck it I should buy this and play it now so I yeah it, it's there. really good really really stuck good it, but, um, stuck it on a couple of weeks ago and like, I was like oh, I don't I don't know about this like there's it was like nine, 106% cutscenes and 1% gameplay <laughs> Oh right, okay, yeah. I've I've not actually. I remember my little brother having the game, and I played it a little bit, but I never, I never owned a copy of it, and I've never done the whole campaign from um, uh, yeah. beginning to end. But um, but, but no, no. Anyway, it's yeah, about I've it. seen so many people referencing it, in, like obviously yeah. some popular culture and stuff. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but 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 it's about about survival ultimately, and um, uh, I mean, some people are probably like, well, that they probably justify the whole love and war thing, like in their job like you know say if you work in sales or marketing but i don't think that would make a very good uh, song topic writing about that so i made it about um survival do. but um yeah but no no it's a good good little tune um for the next for the next uh, album write a song called sales and marketing and see what you can do <laughs> we'll i might do, do. rewrite yeah no, the, the lyrics could be like a you will close the deal before the end of the day, <laughs> or you way. can kiss your dream good good job goodbye away <laughs> that could work the leads aren't weak you're weak I'm I'm really really happy with that song uh, and how that turned out Um, what's that Alec Baldwin film where he he does that speech to everyone Um, that's what I just quoted there yeah Glengarry oh yeah yeah I forget the name of the film now Um, Glengarry Glen Ross isn't it Glengarry Glen Ross yeah yeah Sorry, Cameron yeah. was bringing the conversation back to the matter of hand there. Apologies, Cameron. Go ahead. Nah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Dive out um, to Alec Baldwin. Small matter of the I'm, EP. I'm really, released. really happy with yeah. that song. We actually uh, played that live at our last gig, and, and that went down quite oh, well. Yeah. Bearing in mind it was only one guitar, because <clears throat> obviously that's the first time we've mm. experimented with guitar harmonies, um, which was a bit controversial yeah. at first, because um, we're not really a band that does that. Um, there's a lot I was, of new I was outraged. Of, yeah, he, he, it, yeah. I, I remember you, it took you quite a while to um, not come round to it, but you, um, I don't know, you were definitely a bit more hesitant compared to everything else which we put forward for the EP. I remember. I, I remember. I remember Tucker being like, "I love the riff, but those harmonies have got guys." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I understood it because. Um, how do you replicate it live? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you replicate it live? And also. Uh, with the new wave of traditional heavy metal scene, uh, not that I would be seen to diss any of the bands, but that seems to be the big thing with a lot of those type of bands where they always have harmony guitars, whereas our songs, although have got two guitars on the record, they can be played with just one. Yeah. Um, so it was it was quite interesting to give it a go, but they're, they're not a, a central point mm. of the song. I mean, you've only got the intro and then you've got the, the chorus uh harmonies during the chorus haven't you which has got you know quite a lot of singing over it yeah um, but it did it did work out quite well mm. live to be fair mm. didn't seem to drop or anything did it no good stuff yeah i, I just said here uh, lewis is getting the workout here very fast paced drumming and fizz. oh god yeah, yeah yeah he definitely did <clears throat> in fact <laughs> i don't if memory serves me correct lewis you kind of uh, you, kind of were like oh it's a bit fast isn't it or something like that <laughs> ages ago i remember you saying something like that oh <laughs> i think most of the ep is played far too fast <laughs> it is a very fast especially, ep the whole especially yeah. the next song burning the miles was oh, man. about yeah. double the tempo i would have liked it to have been yeah. yeah i don't quite know what happens as soon as the record button the adrenaline pressed. isn't it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. just start. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Start going. I can't remember which uh, song we were doing, but I remember playing my bass part and looking over at Lewis and being like, "Fuck me!" And then, uh, and then, um, I think you hit the cymbal too hard, and then it like um, bent at a right, uh, right uh, ninety uh, degree angle, didn't game. it? And then you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then, and, and then, I think we did like five more takes after that before we could um, get it. I, th- I think we 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 broke the song in half, didn't like, didn't we? Like, I think we did one half and then took a breather and then came back and did yeah. the other yeah, I can't remember now but yeah, we've but yeah you, were, you were absolutely that. pounding it you know really good job yeah yeah. Um, I, I, I noticed it on this track anyway um, and then I said nice time change at the end great guitar riffing um, that was one that kind of just switched it up towards the end yeah. yeah just keeping that team that we talked about of we had our um, we had our producer play on that song yeah he did oh, rhythm yeah, guitar yeah, yeah. didn't he and the other, the other harmony rhythm guitar yeah, yeah. Grant, um, so let's move on to Burning the Miles then. So this is one I was wondering what it might be about. I just said it was like a, a, an almost punky attitude to this one. Um, I don't know what the lyrics are talking about, really, um, especially this part. Could be the Null Arbor, could be the El Alamian. Uh, not for Miles, <laughs> but the Scrub Landscape. Is this Doctor Who or some shit that I've just never watched? <laughs> They're, uh, they're desert locations, <laughs> which I mean, pick two desert locations, you could come up with anything. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's um, Aaron would like the Doctor Who reference. Smithy played me the opening riff to this song, yeah. and for whatever reason, all I could picture in my head was a freight train going through a desert. Good. Okay. Right. And so we, and so we, tongue in cheek, called it. Desert train, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we used to do the with a with a nut. Uh, that's it. We used to train. do that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, cover yeah. at the time, didn't we? And, oh yeah. And I, d- I didn't want to change the subject matter, <laughs> so I'd... basically it's about a train in the desert. Very good. So I actually said what here, be, what could be more heavy metal than that? I said, who is the old roller? A train, a train driver, somebody who takes train journeys. So I was on the right track. Hey, there. We. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, old rollers the train, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, this one is like upbeat, almost punky. Um, really like this one as well. Do you know what I found listening to this? It it flies by in like the blink of an eye. This yeah, EP. I know it's like twenty minutes and a bit, but by the time you're on track four, you're like, Jesus, it's nearly over. And like that again, it's not a bad thing. It's the songs are just yeah, like they, they're like it's seamless. Like from from track one to track four is kind of seamless. Then when you get to the last song, I think maybe it it just shifts a bit. Uh, and we've talked about mm. that quite a lot already, obviously. But um, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's an easy sixteen or fourteen minutes up till then. Yeah, they are all, all kind of like naught to sixty, aren't they? Mm. Going back to um, burning the miles, like even uh, rhythmically, that track it does remind me of like a like a well a steam train, I guess. Really, like it's very um, it sounds very mechanical to me. But yeah, no, it's good. Really good fun ones to play. And uh, I guess it's only logic. It's only logical I would write a set of riffs that would be steam train related. To be fair, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the from the Biff Byford school of uh, songwriting, there. Yeah, he does. He does like his trains. Princess of the Night obviously is uh, the most famous metal song about a train, probably. It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the reason yeah. why I said that is because I am in trains, so it kind of it, it was a bit of a laugh. Sort of the fact that I think we had Steam Hammer that was vaguely related to some kind of steam-powered machine and then um lewis obviously <laughs> decided to write yeah. one about train which to be fair i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna complain <laughs> when, you, when you say you're into trains is like um 
like uh, in what capacity do you have model trains or is it like watching trains or just being a passenger on trains or kind of train journeys or uh well quite a lot of the time it's real trains like uh for years i've done bits and bobs on sort of steam engines things like that at different railways but, yeah you go to a model railway quite often don't you <coughs> well, yeah a miniature railway yeah the, the miniature railway like yeah, ride, yeah. rideable sort of uh fifth scale versions of life-size trains i mean everything's exact as it would be on a real one it's just sort of mm. smaller <laughs> but yeah Very i mean good. i've did... done lots of lots of bits and bobs over the years have you been to the uh, railway museum in york oh yeah many have... many 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 a moon ago yeah oh. i was there a few years ago like, you've been there yeah 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 i was there oh, right, uh, okay, a few years cool. ago yeah it's so free um, to get in isn't it I think it was free yeah and like they've so much stuff set up and it's like um you know period trains you know from mm. whatever like the 1800s or the 1900s yeah. and you're looking into the dining carriage and it's still all set up as it would have been back then and i found it quite interesting yeah actually. it's fascinating it's quite impressive to walk around that what were um were a maiden in town by any chance or what were you doing in the uk <laughs> I was just on holidays then okay all right fair enough he doesn't have to be here just for maiden <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you the real reason, but I don't want to go down that route. Ah, um, this All episode right. of this podcast, really. But uh, yeah, I was. I was, um, was going to make a joke about writing a song about Iron Maiden, but I think Night Demon have beat me to it, haven't they? Oh, we listened oh, to that in the yeah. car recently, didn't we? Made in Hell. Yeah. Made it. Made. Made in Hell. Made in yeah. Hell. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've displayed my ignorance here anyway, not knowing what the Nullabor or the El Am- Alamian is. How many? How do you pronounce that? El El Alamein, isn't it? El Alamein. Oh, El Alamein. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're moving on to the last track on the EP, which is Heaven's Gate, which we have talked about a good bit. But um, yeah. as I said earlier, I just thought it was the most ambitious song, lyrically, structurally, and musically. Thank um, you. I've written down here, I've forgotten what the inspiration is exactly, but Dan, you reminded me. The uh, longest track on the album has a bridge. I love bridges and songs uh, with like a musical passage afterwards. Lots going on here musically. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what my I don't well, I don't regret anything about that song, but I do feel lyrically I kind of condensed it a bit. But but I feel on the other hand, if I put another verse into it and like we did like that main riff and another verse after the solo, long, then it, it would go on for it would go on for too long, yeah. you know. But it would have been crossing maiden territory there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like that 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 probably has more lyrics already than any other song on the EP. If I'm yeah, probably. Mistaken. Yeah. So maybe it was it was good to keep it concise. Um, mm. You know, until you have, until you really have a lot more to say, I'd say, just keep it more concise. I think the point mm. was definitely brought across, though. Yeah, 
I hope so. I, I remember saying to you, you Smithy, that like even the ending with like the fucking mad guitar at the end, like it, it sounds really apocalyptic, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, we got Aaron to do yeah. that one. That's the other part he plays. Uh, he, I'm not very yeah. good with a whammy bar, and I had this outro, and uh, I was describing right. it to him, and I said. Uh, Oh, it's gonna. I, I want. I want you to just sort of just make noise. That's, I don't want it to be a proper guitar solo. I just want it to be noise. And he he's yeah. got his guitar. And that's he, how he. That's how he told me to sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he, yeah. he he was sat there recording this guitar, and I remember grabbing hold of the guitar like halfway through. I don't know if you can hear it on the record, but I remember you doing that. I yeah. Grab hold of the guitar, and we're kind of wrestling it whilst he's playing it. And I think I snatched it off him at one point and put it on the floor, <laughs> just because we wanted this this sort of like. Like, uh, madness to ensue a bit, bit like the end of uh, "For Whom the Bell Tolls," I guess uh, by Metallica. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. kind of ending that. Mm. Yeah, just just yeah. fades out. But um, I think we were originally going to put a fade out. Yeah, but then we, there, we... there is a good, there's a good thirty seconds of of um, melee at the end. I'd say I didn't yeah. know anyone was grabbing a guitar from anyone <laughs> mid playing or anything. Like that. There's a lot but, of layers yeah. there because you've got me and Dan playing the riff, and then I play a little sort of. A chord melody over it and then you've got Aaron yeah. doing that and then you've got Lewis doing his sort of uh, tribal beat underneath it it's, it's it definitely is mm. I think Dan said before that Judgment Day is the best way to describe yeah, that yeah, absolutely, thing, yeah, it yeah. fits really yeah. really well with the song theme doesn't it mm. yeah and uh, not to not to blow my own trumpet but I will but um <laughs> I'm very, I'm very so happy to with the... blow on my own <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy with the vocals uh, for me on the EP. Like I feel um, on the album, like they got kind of like dumb, not dumbed down, but they were like dulled like so much because mm. our producer, who we were working for at the time, was like, "No, no, you're doing the wrong thing there," and like it kind of felt like it took not, not didn't take all the life out of it, but it, it didn't feel like me, you know. Mm. But mm. Um, on on this new one, I feel like I've added a bit more grit to my voice and. Um, you know, I'm no Lemmy, I never will be, and I'm no Rob Halford either, but I don't have to be. Like, I've got my own thing and I can yeah. I can work with it. And I feel like this time around, I, I did a much better job vocally than, than on the album, I feel, anyway. Yeah, I think, mm. I think Aaron was definitely the right person for the job for this because he not only got the right sound overall, I mean, the drums sound fantastic. In, in yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he also brought the best out of everyone, um, I think, he just had this way of knowing how to approach everyone's sort of skill set and maybe expand it. I mean, yeah. he's he's been talking to me about when we go to record something else, how we're going to approach it and how he wants to sort of get more out of everyone because he can see that we can, but well, he sings more than we are, so to speak. Yeah, Aaron, who I met, I keep it true. That's him. That's yeah, Aaron, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I, I fucking know you. I fucking um, know you. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking know you're a fucking legend, mate. You're a fucking legend. I got stuck at your man over there. All right, just have a fucking nice time there, lads. Come on, get it out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't stop doing that impression when we left. <laughs> all love here. All love here, brother. Yeah, all love here. Yeah. All love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a good lad, he's Aaron. Do you know what? Yeah. To, to uh, swing it back to keep it true quickly, um, I can believe the amount of fucking Irish people who were there. there Mad. Was a lot of Irish. Like more than like yeah. any other nationality, you know? Mad. For the most part. Well, probably Germans were probably the most. Well, probably a few Germans. <laughs> well, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. There was one or two Germans there. I spoke to a couple. There was definitely one or um, two, yeah. Do you have a good time, no, Fergal, at keep it true? 
Yeah, I had a great time. Well, I was going to say, for the most part, those Irish people were all part of the same group, which I was kind of... Yeah, I met a fair few of them, yeah. Um, then there was another lad who I'd been kind of advised to steer well clear of um, for um, things I wouldn't reveal on air, and I think he was with a couple of people as well. What, um, Lewis Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, an Irish lad. But, uh, all right. but uh, yeah... There's that there's that group Emmett and all those lads that you met. Yeah, they were all right. Yeah, um, yeah, that they're uh, younger yeah. few lads like you're into the traditional heavy metal. So um, yeah. yeah, so I, I, met, I, I think there was a perception that there was loads of Irish people there, but really there was probably yeah. a group of about ten Irish people who stood out. Uh, and, yeah, and then some ran, random strays of Irish people as well. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember talking to Emmett and his mate uh, Luke came over. And he was wearing like a Sopranos top, and like I got talking to him a little bit, and I was like, "What's your name?" And he went, Ugh! and I went, "What?" And he went, "Luke." Like, "All oh, right, Luke, oh, you're Luke right, is, mate. Like, Yeah, yeah. I tell you a funny story. Like, Luke is a lovely man and all that, but um, yeah, 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 lovely he, bloke. He was c- coughing up his lungs at the festival. Oh God, I know. Yeah, and then he carried on smoking. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, yeah. After the first, I don't know if you met Chris. Did you? Uh, I think I did actually. Yeah, yeah. Probably did, and um. Chris, I was just standing with Chris having a, a pint and a smoke before the music on day two, and there's another yeah. lad called Ushin, and they were walking up to us, up, you know, the little ramp thing. Yeah. And yeah. Chris just turns around to me. Chris has this unusual accent, although he's from Dublin. He goes, I see a couple of ogres approaching. It <laughs> 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 was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so well timed. They were just like. Yeah, yeah. We we probably went a little bit too hard on the first date. Oh and, man, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so did I. So did I. Sure, Dan was reminding me recently. Oh no, that was that wasn't the first date. It was the second date. I went I went too hard two nights of it to be honest. But I think I by the like by the time um, who was headliner on the second night or the first official night? The Grim, um, Grim Reaper tribute was it? Grim Reaper thing wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so that was the first official night. Yeah, that's well, that's he, the yeah. day we turned so, so, turned up, was it? I, sorry, I've got uh, I fucked that up. Who was headlining on the the night after the Grim Reaper tribute? Saxon, night, I think. The, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I remember Saxon very well. So I think I stopped yeah. drinking or something for two or three hours and just kind of <laughs> sorted myself out. But there was a point during that day I was shit faced, um, and then I didn't watch Venom. Uh, Whatever night they were playing, I was I was Sons, I made yeah. I made Smith stay <laughs> half of Venom. He was not he he was inching towards the door, yeah. and I wouldn't let him leave. Yeah. I, I, like I, I said, yeah, I'm having someone. Yeah, stay. You, I, I yeah. just don't I don't like them. You know, I tried listening to them, and it's not for me. So I, I just went fuck it. Like that's why I got the hostel across the road as well, which is like sixty seconds walk. Um, because I knew a, situ- a situation like that could arise, and I'd just be like, "Right, I'm off then. See you later." Yeah, we we were in a town, sort of it was about a ten minute train ride, something like that. So it wasn't as easy yeah, to get yeah. home. But yeah, I, m- I remember Lewis telling me, like, t- ordering me, I was staying for Venom. To be fair, it was a, a flipping good show, and I I got into yeah. a, I got into a pit. Just got dragged into this pit, and sort mm. of. Mm. No one, no one cared. At, by the end of Venom's no. set, mm. no one cared about anything. Everyone was smoking no, in the audience. No one. <laughs> Pints spears thrown everywhere. It was Bottles fantastic. Bottles of piss being thrown away. It was great. Probably. Yeah. Was, is, is that a compliment? Is that a compliment to Venom, or is that a fucking yeah, piece of, probably a bottle of piss? Oh, they weren't. They weren't aimed at Venom. They were just 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 piss. Like confetti. Yeah. 
Yeah, piss. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And I actually, I only, I didn't even watch all of Riot that night, and that was one of the bands I really wanted to see. But I was shit-faced. Oh, was that sorry. Riot V? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we I remember me and Dan were queuing up to see Witch Hazel at that point, and I was, we were yeah. quite, quite pissed. Which Witch Hazel were on the morning of the day before? Oh, was oh, it? sorry, the autograph session you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I yeah, might sorry, be no, getting confused, but I remember seeing them. And I, I knew a few songs. I, I remember yeah. someone coming up to me being like, oh, they've opened up with... Is it Thundersteel? Thund- that- they, were played, they played all of Thundersteel, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole I, album. I knew yeah. a few songs from Thundersteel, but I, I didn't know yeah. that was a big thing. It's, I don't know Th- too much about the band, but I really ba- enjoyed basically it. Basically, their biggest album, um, I would say. But they're one of these bands that's had multiple different singers in multiple different eras, and the guy who was singing with them now has only been there for 10 years, etc., etc. Um, or not even 10 years. But uh, there was actually a lad, an American guy in the audience, or not, you know, just attending the festival, who was filming a riot documentary at the festival, and oh, uh, right. he ended up filming me and a few others that I was with, speaking about the band. Um, and he sent me a rough draft of it now, which is it's excellent because he did so much footage of the fans um, and just going around the festival filming which has never been done before. Like the Keep It True Festival obviously releases DVDs of the performances every year and has done for, I think, since the start. But um, there's nothing about the actual site, you know, and he went around filming people on the site and like there's, there's, there's things of me where, or sorry, there's things of other people where like I'm just in the background holding a pint and whatever and it's just (laughs) great to see that kind of candid footage of people and and you're looking at them you're going I remember him I remember that person whatever and he just interviews random people about Riot and then he intersperses it with interviews like with Ali the organiser Keep It True and various Riot band members and then also um, footage of the band it's really really good Um, sounds a bit similar Tucker to the little clip you're in in the Airborne uh, oh yeah 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 you're in it for like a split second oh yeah came out came out about four years after I was filmed. Right. Yeah. So I was a bit surprised. You're kissing yeah. uh, the singer, aren't you? <laughs> Joel O'Keefe in in uh, the underworld in London. Yeah, I'll right. tell you what was funny about that because I'd, I'd watched the documentary about a, a month previously and I didn't pick up on that at all. But then I was with Lewis and we were watching it together and he was like, "That's fucking me! I'm in that fucking documentary." And then like yeah. we paused it and then like you took a picture and uh, yeah, it was really yeah. funny. Yeah, this, I didn't pick up on that now, at all. This lad has done like political documentaries before and stuff um never one on heavy metal um right but uh yeah it, it like he sent me the cut to watch uh just because i kind of connected with him on facebook and all that type of stuff and yeah i watched it and i was like this is fucking brilliant this is like really good and a really good let alone it being a documentary about riot it's a really good <clears> snapshot <throat> of to keep it true as a festival as well mm. yeah um, so yeah it's very good yeah. i see you're wearing the t-shirt there cameron actually oh yeah flying the flag of the old keep it true one of the many yeah, yeah. things I bought completely pissed. I remember... I remember. Buy- <laughs> I bought the fucking hoodie. It was like 75 years Yeah, I saw that. I, so I remember hard. buying the um, the poster and I was completely pissed and I sat down and, and Aaron doesn't... You bought you bought me a point of entry Oh, badge, yeah. Which I still have. Uh, That's nice. Put, That's a nice thing to do. Well, yeah. There's some, there's, a generous there's some nice cost, things really. I do, but I, I bought this poster which had the whole lineup on and, and stuff like that and I, mm. I just folded it up and I remember Aaron just like seething at me at the fact I'd done it and I remember waking up the next day being like oh, why did I do that I was going to frame that that would have been so cool and then I bought yeah. um, another thing I bought drunk was the Quartz Satan Serenade uh, CD single which was a stupid thing to do because I own two of them already 
so I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was such a good festival. I mean, I, I'm I'm used to doing uh, download festival quite recent, uh, quite regularly, and I oh, I'm kind of done with it now. When you compare yeah. it to yeah. sort of the smaller scale uh, festivals, mm. such as mm. Keep It True, I mean, the, the lineup was incredible. The people there were pretty cool, um, and I just enjoyed thing, it a lot. The thing about download is there's an ever dwindling number of bands I actually want to watch on the festival so mm. like, yeah. it just year after year it's fewer and fewer bands that I actually mm. give a shit about I mean sorry I've only been twice now I had tickets for 2020 and I took a refund on them when COVID happened yeah me too yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there in 2003 and then I was there in 2016 and oh, yeah 2016? me too I went to that one yeah yeah, yeah. No, oh yeah we all were yeah. yeah apart from Lewis but yeah even by 2016 I might have watched 10 bands. Megadeth were there. Mm. Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, whatever. Um, Saxon. Um, but uh, like there were, you know, there were so few bands I really wanted to watch. And then on, on the whole time I was kind of seeing these band, uh, festivals like Up the Hammers and Keep It True kind of yeah. popping up on Facebook. Like my friend Arcadi like, was the only person I knew who was who I was friends with at the time. He was going to this stuff. And I was looking at them going, this is more the thing that I'd be interested in oh, you know yeah. like if I could yeah. only just get my arse in gear and fucking go to it like and it took me years to actually do that like but yeah I mean me and, it was me well and worth Lewis it. have been talking about going to keep it due for years and mm. I think it was just that that lineup where we were like nah we've got to go we've got to go I, I was yeah. I was very upset that Jaguar and uh, Savage had to drop out for various different reasons mm. but it was still um, know. an amazing festival I mean I I ticked off so many bands that I never thought I would tick off like Clovenhoof I'm a massive Clovenhoof fan and I was right at the front for that and but then the, the singer walked out and I was like who the hell is this I mean they're known for a revolving lineup of people but yeah young such bloke a, weren't they? such a weird yeah. weird uh, who, which band was that sorry Clovenhoof Clovenhoof yeah oh sorry the singer walked out yeah yeah and now they have your man they have um, the tyrant uh, Harry Conklin is now singing for them oh uh, I, from who, who Jack he? Panzer uh, Jack Panzer um and who else? I can't remember. He he's sung in a couple of metal bands, but he's mainly known for Jag Panzer. But now he's the new singer of Clovenhoof. I mean, he was great. Oh, okay, cool. Whatever singer they had was was great. But yeah, I remember thinking like, oh, not the person I was expecting. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think some of the other bands we saw now. Um, some some good. Oh, Paul Diano. How can Paul you? Diano. Oh my his penis. god. Roller king. That was so. That was. I think around that time I was I was at my height of being pissed, and then I think I watched a minute or two of Diamond Head, but I'd seen Diamond Head a couple of times before, so I wasn't. Love Diamond Head, right? No, they're great and all that, like, but I was just like, right, I need to go out and just have a fucking breather, Um, and then came back in for Saxon. Uh, That was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Paul Diano, my God, he said some stupid stuff. Like right at the end of it, he was like, "Oh, we're gonna do a Michael Jackson cover," as he's like pouring another pint. He's like, the problem yeah, is yeah. with festivals is there's always divas. And I looked at Aaron at that point and I was like, he's such a knobhead. I can't. I, I, knew, he yeah. was, I knew he was a dick, but he was <laughs> such a twat. That I, th- I think he'd only yeah. come out of like surgery the day before, hadn't he? Like He was probably like fucking high on morphine, weren't he? Yeah. You know? but, his, his backing yeah. band was really, really good, though. They oh, did yeah, those songs good, justice, yeah. but he was shit. Do you know what? I, I, really, I really enjoyed him, even though he was a Shane McGowan level fucking. Oh, my God, head, yeah. You know? Uh, it's the songs you enjoy, that. though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 I mean, they're bloody good songs from those first two albums, and I think they oh, still yeah, stand yeah, up yeah. today. 
Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think he did himself a service that night. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to be good, and I thought about queuing up to see him because I was. Like, oh, I queued up to see him. And oh, I was first, yeah. Pressing him, he stayed for about three people. I knew he. he I knew he was going to do and, that. Then he fucked off, and I was I was cursing him out on Twitter. Like I, I remember reading that you're like, uh, I'm in the queue to meet Paul Diano. I don't know why. <laughs> and then like the follow-up tweet was like, he's left after five minutes. I fucking hate that cunt or whatever. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's uh, more or less word for word. It, it's um, it's yeah. such a shame because I, I don't think he's fully embraced his legacy in that in that point. Because I, and do you know if he did even even fifteen percent more. If he tried fifteen percent harder than he is now, he yeah. could he could have a lifetime of doing shit like that until he fucking dies or whatever. Like he could he could play spots like that touring the first two Iron Maiden albums for the rest of his fucking of course. Phys- physically abled career, like able bodied career, whatever. Or not even able bodied. He's in a fucking wheelchair. No one gave a shit. I'd say he was actually one of the main reasons a lot of people went. Yeah. And they knew he was yeah, gonna probably. be in a wheelchair and they knew he was gonna be shit faced and they still went. And like like if he tried just slightly harder and was slightly better, he could only improve yeah. things for The him. crowd was electric even though he was shit. Yeah. And they were yeah. I mean it didn't matter. But like I've never been to a Pogues concert, but my brother has been to a million of them. Oh. Like latter yeah. latter period Pogues concerts. Yeah. And that's how yeah. he described it. Like, the crowd is a fucking pissed electric they know Shane McGowan's going to be shit they don't care they yeah. sing the songs for him and everyone leaves happy you know yeah. and I think that would Paul Diano could fucking ride that gravy train until he drops yeah. but it's yeah, just like yeah, definitely. he might have he might have been a bit too shit at that which was filmed and broadcast on the internet um, that he might put some people off um, I wish he just tried a small bit harder like you know Yeah. I mean, I mean the yeah. first Maiden album I got at, at the age of, I think, 15, was the first album. And so I started off with Paul Diano. And okay. he's, I mean, I, I like Bruce and I like Blaze a lot, but Paul's always been the singer that I've always thought was my maiden, if that makes sense. Not not shitting on any of the other years, but I was quite looking forward to it. But yeah, the, the fact that he left, I just knew he was going to do that. Um, I knew he was going to be what he was. I mean, I remember Dan showing me this hilarious video where someone's put subtitles to what he's saying. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've Vince seen that, Neil yeah. from Motley Crue, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. What a, a hilarious oh, there's, a, there's actually one for Elton John as well, singing I'm Still Singing, oh, really? which is fucking oh, is hilarious. Yeah. I'm still dandy. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing it on a piano in a back garden, and I, I don't know what the <clears> scenario <throat> is, but like, just putting nonsense lyrics which actually sounds closer to what he's saying yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Coming back again, got a taste of love in a simple You need to know what I feel, standing. You just fade away. You know, I'm still standing there and I ever did. Look like a truth of lava, feel like a little kid. I'm still standing after all this time. Back on up the piece that of my life. On my mind, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. All right.
right, so we've lost Lewis, but um, the elephant in the room, of course, is Dan is going to be leaving for Australia in April 2022. What's the plan for the band after... 2022? Yeah, I'm planning on travelling back in time to go and uh, <laughs> go for <off laughs> <of> my adventures. <laughs> April 2023, yeah. Yes, I'm going off on the... Uh, I'm going you know off on the... Uh, I'm going off on the fourth of April. Yeah, you can. You, we can redo that little bit if you want. No, you don't have we'll to redo it. it. I'm allowed okay. to make a mistake. Um, yeah, April 2023. It's hard for me to get used to the fact that it's 2023. I know. Um, yeah, I can barely keep up at the minute. But yeah, yes. So I've, um, I've had it had it booked for a little while. I actually um, well, I'm going to be doing a working holiday visa, uh, so I can do like up to two years if I want to. Um, something that i wanted to do for a long time and um i'm quite literally getting too old for it because when i get to the age of 30 like it, it's going to be a lot more difficult to um to do it and um now now's like my my final chance to kind of um get it done and um yeah i feel like i need the um the, the lifestyle change and um you know i love being part of the band and like the, all the stuff that we've done together like it's a really great laugh and um I mean, like, you know, Smithy and Lewis, like, they're, they're lifelong friends of mine. And, um, yeah, and um, I, I've, I've said to the, to the two of them that um, even when I'm out there, like, I plan on, you know, buying a base and um, getting some uh, software on my laptop and, like, doing a bit of noodling around. And, like, if, if I've got a good idea for a riff or lyric idea, I'll, I'll happily send it over to the, the two of them and um, do a bit what they will. But um, in terms of gigging and whatnot, obviously, that's going to be very impractical for me. But, um but no, I want to keep it going in whatever capacity I can. And um, I've, I've said to Cameron before that um, you've got too much talent to, to not do anything with it. So I wouldn't want anything to end on account of me not being there anymore. Like I want them to carry on. And um, yeah, no, it's good. And um, I'm looking forward to the next part of my life. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing what they get up to after. When if you say they... Or, or if not... Yeah. So, is like, what's the plan, Cameron? Is is Dan going to be still a part of the band? Are you getting somebody else? What's the plan there? So the plan is, and we've all discussed it, is uh, uh, Aaron, who um, did the EP and is a good friend of all of us, is going to pick up the bass <clears throat> for recording and, well, if we can, sort some gigs out in the future. Uh, we've yeah. already started. I mean, the thing is with us is. I think we kind of had already started writing the EP, the debut album and the second album, even before the album had been recorded. Yeah. Some of these songs that will end up on the second album when it comes to it have actually already been written now as mm. we speak. Mm. So Dan will probably already be familiar with some of the songs that are going to end up on the second album because a, he wrote some of them with mm. either one of us or on his own or, um, you know, stuff that me and him have jammed or him and Toka, whatever. Mm. So the, the loose plan is um, we're going to record a second album. Uh, we've already started writing it, all of us, uh, including Dan. And we're going to start, uh, we're actually going to record one song on its own, I think March time, did we say? Sort of like end of March, Dan? Something yeah, like yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to do an acoustic song uh, that Dan's going to sing. Well, I say acoustic song, more of a mellow song. Um, yeah we've, totally we've had... well I, I wouldn't really call it a metal metal song at all like it, i wouldn't even call it well i don't know maybe, maybe it's a bit of the ballads i don't know but um but, yeah, but it's totally cool. like left field for what we what we normally do anyway yeah. yeah call it call it the solitude of the armstrong guns second yeah album. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. 
Um, we're going to do that before he goes. Uh, and then when Dan's away, as he said, we're going to try and set him up with some recording software, whatever. And mm. fingers crossed, if it all works out, we'll have Dan singing on a few songs or maybe even more than we have had him singing on the album and the EP. Because, I mean, some of the, I kind of know when I've, I've got a demo who's going to sing it. Um, mm. Yeah. And most of the songs that I've got for the second album, or, or at least that I've I've got in mind for the second album, I've got Dan singing. So I think you, fingers crossed, you'll yeah. see Dan singing on the on the second album, and mm. uh, yeah, you'll have, you'll have Aaron doing the bass work, uh, and then obviously Lewis picking up the slack with the other vocals, uh, and then no. that's that's kind of the loose plan, really. Live oh, oh. will obviously be a different situation. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would like to, but I mean, well, like I said to you before, I don't know what my situation will be by uh, by that time like i don't know where i'm going to be living if i'm going to be near a the studio or anything like i would like to carry on but i i need to think about where i am at the time you know because that can that will have a big effect on anything that i could potentially do but i mean i would like i'd love to get involved like um as as much as i can do but um but having just uh put the ep out and kind of doing you know promo for it you know, including including this, which I've really enjoyed tonight. I really, really loved it. But um, I'm not really thinking that far ahead yet. I mean, I would like to eventually down the line, but I, I just don't know if our schedules are going to line up with each other. Like uh, when they when they're looking at wanting to record it, am I going to be available? What am I going to be doing? I might mm. be in the fucking outback in the middle of nowhere for all I know. You know, but um, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep the I'll, I'll keep I'll keep the door open, of course, and I hope that they keep the door open for me um yeah and i mean i'd love to do do some stuff in the future i really would do but i i just don't know where i'm going to be by the time that the other guys want to do everything you know hmm. i'll be way a lot to a lot to take into account anyway yeah when we I, I think the important thing is to get the songs down first I yeah, mean, we've yeah, had, yeah we had a bloody lifetime to write the first album and to be honest we had a lifetime to write the ep as well because that was being written it, alongside the album so you know uh, i think yeah. the important thing is to get the songs first and then we'll cross that bridge yeah um, but that's yeah. way off way off yet when way off, yeah. <laughs> we've only just got the ep out <laughs> yeah i know to, right uh, yeah yeah we need to uh we need to get the actual uh songwriting together i mean you never know what might come out of this you might might have a double album i don't know i'm just floating ideas around christ yeah, double yeah, album might be interesting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a double, you a double album in the Bandcamp page. Yeah, yeah Fergal, you do a bit of singing. You can, uh, you can feature on a track or two, you know. Record <laughs> your vocals from home and then email them over. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm alright, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that. In, I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's like I just, I'm not a very good singer. Um, so no, you, you are, you are. You're, you're Irish. You're Irish. I've heard you sing. Uh, well, every time that I've met you in the flesh, uh, no, you've got a lovely voice. No, you do. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, all right. So um, in future, then I know obviously things are up in the air regarding the lineup. But yeah, are there any are there any gigs planned prior to or post when Dan leaves for Australia? Have you been offered any gigs? We we have been offered a gig, the date of which has not been set, but um. Uh, it'd be in Brighton. Uh, it's 
with another band we've played gigs with. Uh, I mean, that would be to, I, I've said to the guy who offered us the gig to kind of like see if they can uh, be ready for when we're ready kind of thing. Cause we're going to obviously have to get Aaron up to speed with bass, etc., mm. And then decide, you know, he has said he'd give singing a go. So we'll kind of see if he's comfortable singing Dan songs, what songs he's comfortable, tailor the set to him and Lewis, see that they're all pretty comfortable with it and then go from there. Uh, I mean, I think we'd all like to do more gigs. Definitely. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if, if we had it our way, I think we'd be doing at least one or two gigs every month. That'd be awesome. But I mean, at the moment, you know, we all still work. Lewis isn't in the country. You know, mm. it doesn't all the, the the schedules don't all line up at the moment. We're a bit of a studio band. Never, mm. never set out to be a studio band, but you know that's just how it's happened. Uh, mm. Yeah, the last gig we did, which we spoke about on the last podcast, which was in July 2020, I think. Um, we went down an absolute storm, and we were so happy with no, no. We only did that. We only did that last year. That would have been 2022. Oh, sorry, not 2020, 2022. Yeah, I was thinking that was a long time yeah. ago, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Dates are muddled up at the moment. <laughs> Still adjusting to the fact we're in 2023. Yeah, the, yeah, the last yeah. the last gig we did was so well-received, you know, for a, a, mm. what, on one hand, a new wave of traditional heavy metal band that's in, like, a current London scene who's unknown and has two very distinct vocalists actually got, like, a crowd reception that was pretty good. And in fact, I'd argue better than some of the other bands that are on that night, you know. Definitely. Um, and Definitely. two, just a band that's pretty new. I mean, that was our second gig and we had such a good time doing it. Mm. So I can only hope that the other other gigs that we do would be just as as, as good, if not better. It'd be mm. nice to, it'd be lovely to hook up with another new wave of traditional heavy metal act. I mean, there's not many in the UK. No. And also some of them are quite a bit larger than us like mm. seven sisters and toledo steel so you know i mean they're mm. the first mm. two that came to my mind there's many more than that but yeah there's lots of lots of ideas in the pipeline i mean at the moment i think we're all pretty focused on writing for the second album at the moment that's the mm. idea and sort of see i mean i would like to overwrite for the second album and get far too many songs uh, that we need whereas when we did the debut and the ep we kind of wrote the amount of songs that you see on the releases whereas for the second album i'd like to almost write like 20 to 30 songs and then just pick which are the better ones from the mm. from the pile kind of thing mm. yeah but yeah they're the plans for the future yeah okay they seem like some pretty solid plans in fairness um so all right uh so your second release, your current EP is out now. Um, people know of your tentative plans for the future. And if they want to check out anything about the band, where should they go? You go to Instagram. There's a YouTube channel, uh, Bandcamp, Spotify. Facebook. Uh, just, yeah. Just look up honest, Armstrong Gun. Yeah, if you Google Armstrong Gun. Yeah, to our, to our knowledge, that there, there aren't any other bands with, with that same name. Like, well, like Lewis mentioned before, we nicked it from the uh, from a pub, but the pub nicked it from a cannon or type of like you know type medieval. Well, not medieval cannon, but like some kind of like military machinery like that. That's where the name comes from. But um, and the cannon nicked it from a band. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but to our knowledge, we're the only Armstrong gun around. 
so uh, well, I hope yeah, we there are. we go yeah, yes. very good. If, All right. If you Google Armstrong gun, you can practically find it. To be fair. All right, it's been lovely to have the three of you. I know uh, Lewis had to leave early, but Dan, uh, Cameron, and Lewis, thanks a million for doing fucking metal again. I really appreciate it, and it's been great to chat to you and hear about your future plans. So best of luck with everything, and I will talk to you again. I'm sure in the very near future. Thank you very much. It's been very, very lovely to talk to you too, and have a nice catch up and. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a good crack, as uh, you guys like to say. You know? Likewise, yeah. likewise. Yeah, yeah. Great to talk to you again, Fergal. Mm. All right. <laughs> Podcast is over. <laughs> I need to. I need to charge my fucking laptop. One second. I've got like nine percent battery. All right, so that was Dan, Cameron, and Lewis from Armstrong Gun talking about their recently available EP, Struggle With Steel. Check them out on Bandcamp, have a look on Spotify, look them up. They're on social media, they're on all of the usual platforms, and you'll find them. Give that EP a listen. I included a few song clips, of course, in this episode. I hope you enjoyed those. And I wanted to say thank you as well to everybody, of course, who entered the Saxon Tickets competition. I completely forgot to talk about that on the episode where it would have been most relevant to do so, the episode with Biff Byford, where I interviewed him about the upcoming Saxon tour. But yeah, we had uh, several... We had? I had several... um, entries into that competition and I was able to get people into the gig for free you get a few free tickets for people as a result of that so that was um, fantastic and there might be more competitions like that coming down the line I will keep you posted apologies about my voice I've been sick on a couple of occasions over the last few weeks which is part of the reason why I haven't posted any episodes Um, I'm almost back to full health at the moment so um, yeah I'm going to leave it at this point now for this episode it's been episode 76 of feckin metal thank you for your continued interest and as i mentioned earlier there's episodes upcoming with jarvis leatherby there's one upcoming with luke appleton and there's another one upcoming with armstrong gun where we do a heavy metal quiz that's going to do it for this episode i've been your host virgo trainer and i will see you next time You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Feeling like a little kid And I'm still standing After all this time Picking up the pieces of my life Without you on my mind I'm still standing Yeah, yeah, Clown by now. No, I'm still standing. Better.